right. Welcome to Growing Together, a podcast of Central Presbyterian Church. This podcast is about learning to grow together as a family united to Jesus. So, in many ways, this podcast is not unlike being at a family dinner table, around a fire, or any other places families gather. So, welcome. Take a seat, and let's get going. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Growing Together. Uh, We're excited to explore what makes Central Central together. (laughs) And uh, I'm Cole Lesher, a pastor of college and young adults here at Central. We're with Matt Wilson, who's Assistant Director of Student Ministries. Say hi, Matt. Hey. Hey. Uh, We're also here with Pam Smith, who is uh, in the Communications Department and a wizard at the Communications Department stuff although can you say wizard at, on a pod, <laughs> church podcast i'm not quite sure i mean we just did so. say hi hey <laughs> hey we just did yeah uh and then today we're joined with pastor ben zhang who is the pastor of evangelism and community and we're excited for him to be with us to talk about all the things so ben say hi hello yeah it's exciting to be with you once again every one of these we're on the second one but each one is just so excited to see this one kind of unveil and come out the way it's coming down and, and all that. It's really great uh, to get going. And so I want to ask, who has been? What has been? Why has been? But yeah, so who, how, how many years have you been here again, Ben? Like, uh, we passed two years now, so we're on our Yeah. Third. Wow. Nice. So tell us a little bit about, like, you, you can start as early as you want. Uh, and and get us up to now, or you can just tell us whatever you want us to know about you. What will help us know more about you and your family? Yeah, I, I usually started off by just saying, um, yeah, I'm Taiwanese American, so I was born here in the United States, but my parents were both from Taiwan, so they both uh, immigrated here in the late 60s. My dad came here for the reason for a PhD at MIT. Uh, he was studying food science, uh, with that food science degree, he his first job was actually in Wisconsin, where I was born, Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. So I'm a Midwest product, uh, grew up here in that area, um, but we were only there for about three years, and then my dad took a, a position out in Massachusetts in Andover. So my dad really loved that East Coast, Massachusetts area, because he was a big Boston fan, big Boston Celtics fan, grew up doing a lot of that kind of thing. Nice. Um, but then we moved from uh, Massachusetts back to Wisconsin, but this time to Milwaukee. So spent a lot of time in Milwaukee in my earlier years. Again, we were just kind of back and forth from Midwest to East Coast. And uh, eventually from Milwaukee, uh, we moved over to Syracuse, New York, uh, so upstate New York. And my dad finally then took a position in Indonesia. So we were wrestling with what should we do? Should we all kind of just up and leave and go to Indonesia where me and my little sister and my older sister had already graduated at that time? Uh, should we go to international school overseas or should we just stay here and finish our education? And my dad uh, thought it would be the best uh, for us to finish our education here in the US. Uh, so my dad took that position, but then he would come back uh, once a year. Uh, so we'd see my dad on the winter for about a month and then we would go on our summer breaks to Indonesia, Taiwan, and the kind of an Asia tour uh, for two, wow. about two months. So uh, out of the year, we would see my dad twice a year for those periods of time. But the rest of the year, my mom was kind of raising us. So uh-huh. uh, it was an interesting time. I think my uh, family was learning a lot about who we were and especially who we were in Christ. My mom was the first one to be introduced to Christ. She, a neighbor kind of knocked on the door 
introduced her to, hey, do you guys want to come to church? And my mom's like, uh, what's church? And uh, the, the nice uh, kind of family just invited us over. It was a nice Caucasian family that we were still friends with. And uh, this was back in Massachusetts. And ever since then, my mom just caught this fever. The Holy Spirit really took hold of her and she wanted to know more and more. And it wasn't until we finally found a Chinese church in the Milwaukee area where it was contextualized for her. And she finally fully realized what it meant to be a Christian and what it fully meant to be a believer in Jesus and that she was a sinner and she needed Jesus. Uh, so she became a believer. She got baptized. Uh, she had my dad get baptized. My dad had no idea what he was doing, uh, but my mom said, you have to do it. Um, and here was our family going to church in Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, in a Chinese church. And I remember my sister and I looking at each other. I was like, what? We have to go to church now? What is church? And we don't get to watch our cartoons anymore. And uh, at that time, we still just had zero concept of what that looked like. And as we were growing, uh, I remember uh, being intersected with a Sunday school teacher. This is when we moved to Syracuse. Uh, the a Sunday school teacher just continued to see that I was deer in headlight because I didn't grow up in the church. I had no idea what these Bible stories and Bible Sunday school classes were all about. And the Sunday school teacher saw that and just after class, he was just like, Ben, do you know what we were talking about today? I was like, no. And he would spend another 15, 20 minutes just explaining uh, that, that story or the, the lesson to me. And I so appreciate it and still indebted to that Sunday school teacher. And then the one after that was a seventh, eighth grade class. And it was uh, a teacher that I'll still remember. They were teaching on Philippians and Ephesians and it was a couple this time and they saw the same thing. I was really eager to learn, but I had no idea what they were talking about. So they would take me after Sunday school class and just fill me in hey, what didn't you not understand? What are kind of things that we can explain for you? And again, it got deeper and deeper for me, especially understanding uh, who Christ was and how I needed him. Um, and that was part of my family story. We just, one after another, just became believers. Uh, my dad eventually did also understand. Uh, he was a scientist. So he said, Ben, I can always explain how things work, but I can never explain why. Uh, so that was a big turning point for him as a as someone that was studying all the time and wanted to know and have knowledge. And he said, I can never explain why, Ben. And that's why when God said he's the purpose for all this, uh, it really made sense. So my dad did eventually understand fully and just uh, really grasp what that looks like as a, as a believer. Uh, so we've been really blessed in that way uh, that my, my, my media family, uh, we're all believers and uh, we continue to see ways that God uses us in the church. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Asking why. I, I know how. I don't know why. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, your family at home. Yeah, so that was my kind of family upbringing. And now my family, uh, I uh, am so blessed to have married up. I married a, a wonderful <laughs> woman, Annie, uh, that she actually is from here in St. Louis. And both of her parents are actually also Taiwanese. And it's really interesting because as much as we have similar kind of a cultural things in that aspect, our families are super different. <laughs> the way we grew up was super different, uh, but there are still a lot of similarities. So it's really interesting that culturally we have a lot of things that we are connected to, but there's still things that are, are so different. My wife and I have three kids. Uh, Emmaus just turned 11, so he's 11 what? years old now. And then we have an eight-year-old daughter, Jemima, and then we have a five-year-old, Titus. And all three of them have such extroverted personalities, but they're all so different. Um, my uh, son is very book smart, and he loves those kind of aspects and plays piano and loves art and loves science and loves animals, uh, but could care less about sports. Uh, <laughs> and 
my Jemima, she loves sports. Uh, she loves being competitive. She is a go-getter. She, you can't tell her anything she can't do. And I love her to death because she's so confident in that as well as knows uh, who she is. And then my little Titus, he's just our entertainer. Uh, he just yeah. thinks everything is hilarious. So he'll yeah. come out jetting out of uh, church, children's church, and he's a little jet. Gonna fly right through everybody in the in the pews and say, even in a pandemic, it's like Titus, Titus, stop. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> he needs to be entertaining everyone and making sure that he's seen and known. Yeah, he's he's a wild one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad Titus and Jude are the same age because Titus brings uh, brings Jude out of his shell pretty pretty easily and quickly. Uh, so yeah. it's been fun yeah. to to watch that. We were looking at pictures the other day because we were we had a community group before the pandemic with uh, the, the Leshers and we were over at his house and one time when we were meeting and 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 having good fellowship with the adults we hear a uh, ow and then my son comes out and uh, apparently they were having fun so much fun in Jude's bedroom uh, that Titus had hit his head upon uh, the kind of the the, the 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 bed frame and he had this huge like welt right in the middle of his head and it looked like he was a character out of Star Trek. And oh, yeah. we all looked at each other's like, do we call the emergency room? Do we, what do we do? Uh, and then we just started putting some ice on it, calling some of our friends and it's like, yeah, it'll, it'll go down. It's just a, whatever. So yeah, it ended up being all okay, but it, it was pretty, uh, yeah. They, they like huge. to be rambunctious together, right? Cool. Yeah, yeah. He looked like a unicorn. He just like had this big old like thing on, the, on his forehead. Yeah. What's it like having uh, like five very social people uh, in your household? No, so it's actually four. Annie's actually an introvert, Ooh. so it drives her nuts. So and Annie actually would she just prayed that one of the children would be introverted, and uh, and she that prayer was not answered. <laughs> and uh, she's learned what it looks like to have four exhausting people in her household, mm. um, and. Uh, she's also learned how to roll with it at times. Like when we're in a restaurant, my kids will strike up conversations with the table next to us mm -hmm. uh, and try not to be embarrassed um, because we've actually met all these new people that we knew from other places uh, through those conversations. My, we were at Cape Zone, uh, this was like a couple of years ago and we were just sitting down and the tables are pretty close to each other in this Chinese restaurant. And my son is completely eavesdropping on this couple's conversation next to us. And she, they talk about being scientists at WashU, and my son's like, you're a scientist? <laughs> and, and he starts asking all these questions to them. And then we find out they're parents of, like, people we know from our last church. Wow. And, like, uh, people that we were intersected, and she, their daughter went to Wheaton, where we knew her, actually, and those kind of things. And it was, it was insane. It's really, my kids are extroverted, and we've learned how to roll with that because it connects us with people. And Annie's learned, wow, that's a blessing, even though it just drains her uh, so she needs to be <laughs> she needs time off man uh, i understand that life car. yeah oh man so annie's from here and you're from the midwest but you're not from st louis what's your what's your favorite thing about st louis maybe that you were oh it's gotta be of? it's gotta be the free zoo and kind of like science center it's gotta be those things right because mm -hmm. Yeah, St. Louis is such a great place to have those elements because the zoo's great and it's free. <laughs> yeah. And the kids love it. And yeah, just the science center and just that family feel of those atmospheres too. So that's what I really enjoy about St. Louis. Yeah. This commercial break is brought to you by MyFit. 
maybe not, maybe they're not paid sponsors, but they're great. MyFit program within MyCentral that will help you uh, determine the different passions and the different giftings you have uh, in order to serve in the church uh, better. Better meaning uh, more fully or understanding what you think God has called you to do. All of these things can be helped in MyFit. Learn more about yourself and more ways to connect with others in our church. It's a great resource in my central we've talked about my central before and if you have any questions about how to set that up or or anything about my fit you can get a hold of us at centralpress.com you can email me or pastor ben or you can email the comm team and they would love to help you out so anyways my fit go check it out on with the show let's get into a conversation about kind of in many ways your job to some extent, um, but we're asking the question, why this season? So why evangelism uh, and community as a job per se, or, you know, why do we do the things we do? So I'd love to hear maybe in the forefront of it, uh, what is uh, important to you about evangelism and community here at the church, maybe even something that's significant in your kind of call to ministry to some extent to bring you into this realm. Yeah, I think that uh, maybe to start even with my job uh, kind of title, because originally it was a pastor evangelism and assimilation. Uh, and it's interesting because coming to the church, learning what that was, assimilation definitely was a term that was used to help people understand, hey, you come and belong to the church, right? You belong to God and you assimilate to the church and God's people. And that term is good in that terms of we're taking, we're kind of going away from the world and we're becoming part of God's family. Um, but in our context and who we are, especially as someone that is uh, a minority, uh, somebody that's an Asian American coming in and trying to be uh, someone telling someone to join our community and saying assimilate, um, it has different connotations. Um, So uh, one of the first thing the church did was they were open to that conversation though, and they were open to me changing my title to pastor of evangelism and community. And, but we still have that the heart of what assimilation is for what my job title is. So when I talk about community is try to build that community where anyone that comes into our church, uh, any newcomer, any new visitor, any person that's kind of connecting with us feels that they can belong. Come join us, come join and be part of God's family here. As we want to see how we can grow together as God's people. And as we are growing in that way, come belong. And, Again, that community is something that me and I, I get to work with many people that work on that kind of new visitor experience and just welcoming and greeting and making people belong and connect here at Central. So uh, that's a, a, a awesome and fun job that I get uh, to do with our church and our church leaders and our church uh, members, uh, as we have many that want to connect people and help them see where they can connect with our church and how they can serve and grow and and do all those aspects of church life together. So. Uh, that's one part. And then the other part is that evangelism part. So what parts are there for us to, when we have that nice, healthy family, we're not just making it about being here. God calls us to go and share the gospel. And the fuel for that, of course, is our togetherness, our worship, our who we are. And when we go from this place, though, and empower people to share the gospel, uh, the good news of who Christ is, that's that very essence of the evangelism, the good news, right? So um, part of the, my role in both of those, I love it because the opportunity to share with people on how they can share that, uh, be relational. I get to teach here to, to help people with that. 
as well as be hands and feet on the ground doing it, right? Where we're going out in the community and sharing the gospel with people and doing it in all corners of the, the, our neighborhoods as well. Uh, we've been so effective globally. I think we've been doing great in our missions uh, that Clay said that many times, what we do around the world, we need to be doing around the block. Yeah. Uh, so we have tried to do this emphasis of what it looks like doing around the block. Uh, there are many people that need Jesus and we're ready to share with our neighbor, our coworker, our people that are right here in our, our community, our city. Um, when we were thinking a lot about kind of the Easter Sunday kind of sunrise, we were doing a lot of that out there just saying, hey, can we get to know our community? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? And we made a huge banner and a lot of people to see what we were, what we, our community hoped for. And then we shared where Christ intersects a lot of that. So the, a lot of that hope that we see in that and a lot of the hope that we get from intersecting uh, with our community and sharing Christ with our community. And the last part of that too is our outreach of, uh, ministry. So I get to partner with a lot of our local outreach ministries that engage with us in what we call now this Revelation 7, 9 aspect. All people, all languages, all kind of social economics, all ages. And what we see is we have so many ministries that help us connect in that way. So I get to work with our ministry that like Harvest that does ministry with our uh, refugee immigrants in this area. Uh, it's beautiful because it's this relationship building through gardening and it gives us openings and opportunities to build these relationships. And what's been the most encouraging is that we're not on that journey alone. We've learned that in St. Louis, all these refugee collaborative kind of ministries, we want to work together. So in this last year, especially, we've been meeting a lot more to talk about strategically working together rather than reinventing the wheel all the time in the different pockets that we play. So that's been really encouraging here in St. Louis. But that's just one example. Yeah. There's just what we're trying to do in the public schools, what we're trying to do with Care Portal and the fostering uh, kind of system, uh, what we're trying to do with homeless and under um, under resourced with Sunshine Ministry and our partnership with Bridge of Hope and Crisis Aid. Uh, so again, hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, I, I love that I get to do that for our church and connect our church to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, your story I think is really kind of cool to think back about how the Sunday school teacher you were significant to him all that like brought you into the community kind of made you family in many ways I think it's so cool and and just even like the like the story of your parents and how your mom goes to Christ and she's like all right guys whole family let's get baptized uh, and I just think yeah I just think it's so cool it's like totally flows within your story of, of all of these things that you're passionate about and the things you love and and I think that's awesome. And I, I'd love for you to describe kind of the difference, uh, maybe it's central between the missions, evangelism, and outreach. I, I think yes. you, you talked a little bit about it because you you did mention, hey, we, we've done missions well, like for a long time. I mean, yeah, we had a missions pastor for 40 plus years at Randy Mayfield. And uh, <laughs> yeah. shout out to Randy if you shout listen to Randy. this uh, sponsor. <laughs> Randy Mayfield from music. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, August book two, one life. Uh, oh yeah. One life, <laughs> uh, one life. Available yeah, that, where that's all fine books are sold. <laughs> exactly. So he, yeah, the running joke is that I always, I always plug his book wherever I go. And this is, this is good. I'm glad we did this. Um, but yeah, so we have missions and it's, and we've done such a, uh, a beautiful job. We have so many missionaries that we support and know their stories, but sometimes we get this disconnect, right? Where, Somebody else does those things out there, and then we kind of do something here. So, like, how do you describe and define each of those? And then also, yeah. how do they come together? In, I, into I the body love of that question because one of the things that we've seen uh, Randy really grow with our missions is the ability to see how we empower 
uh, locals and, and nationals uh, to take up that ministry. And our job is really to empower them and give them resources to succeed, right? And we're not the driving forces to reach those countries and those places. We are the supporters of people that can do it, right? Yeah. And the, the Mayfield Scholarship Fund now that is allowing us to do that more is going to continue that legacy of being able to empower locals and nationals from where they are and that we can continue to support and do those efforts. And when we go on trips, they're vision trips, right? They're vision of capturing what's going on there. And that vision should actually inspire us to reach out to our local communities, right? So everything that we're doing around the world with our locals and nationals should be inspiring us to do right here. So they're intertwined because we're supporting and doing those resources to help them succeed. But that inspires us, right, to reach to the lost and the people that are right here in our midst, in our, in our neighborhood, in our city. And missions is a beautiful thing because, again, it just gives us that glimpse of how God wants to reach the lost. Um, his very purpose and heart was to reach the lost and how to mobilize the church to do that, but also empower those that can do it. Uh, so that's a beautiful thing for what we're, what we're seeing in missions. Uh, when we talk about outreach, that, again, you can be the arms and feet of Jesus for a world that needs to hear locally. There are people that are hurting, people that are suffering, people that need uh, just help. And the ability for us to intersect in those kind of outreaches. But, again, what we've learned is if it's a position of pride that we're serving in those ways, it's not one that's a true outreach that Jesus had. Jesus had compassion. Jesus had a desire to be relational with people. Jesus wanted to meet people so that they could find healing it wasn't a position of i'm better than you so i'm going to heal you it was i want to help you find the full life that you can have in me and the more we do these outreach events and outreach efforts and outreach organizations that we partner with we partner with ones that have that holistic approach uh, where they want people to be helped in their bodies and their soul or their body their physical bodies but it matches with their soul because if you're saving them from something and you don't save their soul. What was the purpose, right? So it's this holistic aspect of how we share the gospel, but you also have to, how can you tell someone about Jesus if they're bleeding out of the head, right? And you're not taking care of their head, right? You're, you're seeing someone bleeding on the street and you just say, hey, you need Jesus. Uh, so again, this holistic aspect of this outreach, that's what we're engaged with these, with these ministries to try to make sure we balance that well in the places we go. And then evangelism is, the the one that is key for us as a whole church because everyone needs to be doing evangelism and that's a scary word now because everyone they have their picture of what evangelism is and it, yep. they picture an evangelist and not mm -hmm. all of us are evangelists and we're not all supposed to be evangelists we're all supposed to be doing evangelism though and that what that is is go share the good news go be the good news to people and tell people about jesus and uh, when we have people in our church that are evangelists that's great but we have to also empower everyone to be able to share the good news that that's part of our discipleship. That's part of who we are as God's people. So those are the realms. Our missions, our outreach, and then our evangelism. Our evangelism hopefully empowers everyone to be able to share the good news of Jesus with everybody that we are surrounded with in our spheres of influence. And our last part of that I just wanted to share because I'm part of this Revelation 7-9 for our denomination now is when you get into this uh, evangelism of sharing with people you know in your spheres of influence, it starts becoming just one place, one center. And Jesus said clearly in Acts 1-8, right, that you're going to, supposed to go from Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So we have to go cross-culturally, too. And it gets comfortable mm -hmm. in times where we can just share with people that are like us. And we have the ability to share with people that we are relationally with. 
but God calls us also, hey, there's going to be times where you get stretched to go cross-culturally, right, into the end yeah. of the year. And what does that look like for our evangelism to take first that step? Because we need to be sharing with our neighbors and those that are like us, but also take that step out and share with people that are not. We're going to need a whole other podcast on Revelation 7 9 <laughs> stuff. There's no doubt on that one. It's already in the works, already in my brain thinking about it. Uh, we talked with Clay uh, last episode about kind of the annual mission and vision statement. And in, in that episode, he got to unpack what our mission and vision statement in general is. And, and then he got to unpack what our annual mission and vision is. Like, what are we trying to focus on this year? And one of those is evangelism. Uh, one of those is reaching out to our neighbors and and whatnot. And obviously that's your job. So, well, not, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's your job. So describe to us, show us, tell us all the good stuff about what that's going to look like or what that already is looking like and what you're excited about for it. So if anyone's been into any of the teachings that I've had for the last few years, I've emphasized a lot of a relational evangelism, right? So yeah. this idea of relational evangelism and the idea of cold evangelism is, is something that a lot of us are have had experience with, which would be, hey, just go up to a stranger and you can share the gospel, right? Here are tools. Here's the Roman road. Here is different aspects of how you can walk along someone to invite them to Christ. And, and then you leave them with a trap. Don't forget to leave them with a trap, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I've, been, I've been trained in electric, uh, uh, evangelism explosion. I've been trained through all of these tasks and tools and, and efforts to do that. And uh, one of the things that I've learned is they, there's still a place for it. There's definitely opportunities to share that in that way, uh, but they're not as frequent because nowadays it has shifted now to be more relational. Uh, people want a credible witness, somebody that they know. Uh, but again, I, I think I shared that in the beginning of this podcast, things are shifting again where maybe you can have that conversation with somebody you meet at the grocery store, uh, but it's going to take deeper than just that seed that you plant there. Uh, for this is a lot of the relational aspect, again, on how we get people to think relationally how to talk with somebody, how to invite them in. And that's why a lot of this Christianity Explored is targeted at relationships you already have. So think about a friend you have, a neighbor that you've been talking to, a family member you've talked to, they know you, you know them, but you just wanna think about what's the next step for these spiritual conversations. And people are, you'll be blown away at how many people are actually willing to now read the Bible because they wanna see, does it match? All these misconceptions or this misidea of, of what you Christians are saying you're about, Bring them to the source and let them see who Jesus is when we read the Bible. So Christian Explorer goes to that level of just saying, here's eight weeks that if you want to take that structure, here's eight weeks of saying, hey, do you want to meet with me for eight weeks? And we can talk about Christianity Explored and we can explore Christianity. And here's the book of Mark and we'll read Mark together and you'll see, we can just have discussions about questions about Jesus, thoughts about who he interacted with and why he interacted that way. And Christian Explored did something really smart too, because they have that route where you can do this whole booklet on Christian Explored, but they have a whole other route called Life Explored, uh, where they take God as the creator, God, the one that did it all and helped us see purpose in life. And in a pandemic, yeah. how important that is as people are asking about life and asking about questions about purpose. And uh, it's a beautiful other segment. So you can either take that one or that uh, Life Explored and have these discussions uh, with people. And, you can be as structured as you want, or you can be as unstructured as you want. I sat with one guy and he wanted to go eight weeks and we did eight weeks of just kind of, and then I talked with another guy and he didn't want to do that kind of structure. And we just yeah. sat and we talked through these things, like what's sin? What's, what's Jesus say here in Mark? And it was a lot slower. It was a lot different, but it was informal, but because he didn't want the eight week structure. So 
This is a tool. Yeah. Creating explore is a tool. And it's a tool for you to use in these relationships you already have. And as we get people familiar, it's not intimidating. You can do it. And if you need resources, you don't have to have all the answers. Christian Explorer has a whole website dedicated to tough questions. You can point them to a video. You can watch the video. You can try to explain or just all those things. You can always find those answers somewhere else. And if you need pointers too, that's where we're, I'm going to be uh, conducting these workshops. Uh, so our first workshop will be here February 24th on a Wednesday uh, in the evening. Uh, we hope that people that just want to know how to walk through these tools and how to use these tools, I'm going to throw it every, uh, every month, once a month. And then after those, we still have follow-up too. So I would love to partner people together. Yeah. But as you're going and using this material, have a prayer partner, have an accountability partner mm. that you talk about your experience with it, how you can walk with it. And I'm already starting to set some of those partnerships up as people are getting this material and utilizing it and setting those partnerships up. So that's what we are hoping to build here and, and we're starting to see it already. That's awesome. Uh, so next episode, uh, we're gonna talk with Pastor Mike about spiritual formation and discipleship and whatnot. And I love how each thing that we're doing builds on itself and it has something to do with the other. So we're not just like some disjointed church doing something willy nilly everywhere else. What we do matters together and it comes together. And I think that's really cool. And I think it helps that, you know, the mission and vision kind of bring us into that. And so thanks for giving us a glimpse more of that. And I guess if they have any more questions about that, they can contact you at bzang at uh, centralpres.com, right? Um, yeah. So if you have any more questions, get a hold of Ben. Yeah. I love the dialogue with you and throw up some emails. Yeah. So, I want to end with this last question. What are you excited about? Like what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Central related, uh, aside from your five-year-old son who come in and <laughs> your face. Um, but like, what gets you out of bed? What's you stoked about the work that we're doing here? Yeah. Thanks for asking it that way, because I think that the, the pandemic has taught us one thing and that our, our plans will go out the window, but there was so much stuff that was going on that we were so excited about. And the pandemic, we could have seen it as, oh, gosh, there goes all of our plans and all the things that we did and all the momentum. But I, I'm finding that this pandemic is actually, it's been just a delay. And the delay was yeah. for a purpose of building and growing something that will help us in the future. And there were a few that were still hit hard, and we still have to pray about what ways we can maneuver, especially things like international student ministries. Uh, that yeah. one that's just tough, especially through the pandemic and how to reach international students. But other ones, we've seen the maneuvering together of how we can build teams together to go into the jail, how we can work together with Friendly Temple. We've historically had classes as ourselves as Central to teach fathering and anger management. But now we've built teams now with Friendly Temple to say, I'm going to be teaching myself, me, I'm teaching with an African-American brother, the class to those in the jails, that's usually a mixed group. And how powerful that is to talk about fathering and anger management from not just a, a white perspective, an Asian perspective, and an African-American, but we're doing it in collaboration together for these yeah. men. Uh, so that's, awesome. that's something beautiful and we look forward to. So those kind of things get me up at, in the morning because that's just, again, one example versus all these things that God's growing in the pandemic where we first had stuff, it delayed, and now we're seeing eventually as these things are starting to open up, they're really going to allow us to flourish in trying to reach the, reach the St. Louis area here and build the kingdom. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so great. Well, once again, thanks for being with us, Ben. It's been no, uh, thank you guys. And that's a good hangout. Yeah, I'm ready for my part two. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody gets a part two. There's no, we'll no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've been renewed for season two. All right. Um, so I was just excited uh, to get to do this and thankful for, for the work you're doing and thankful for the ways in which we can partner together. So, yeah, thanks for being with us. If you have any questions for him, email him or get a hold of him or get a hold of us. And uh, see you next time. Thanks for being with us today. It's good to be together. If you want to find out more about Central Prez, uh, please go to our website at centralprez.com or find us on all the social media things with the handle at CPCSTL. Join us next time as we continue to learn and grow together uh, into the family of God. Blessings, friends. Thank you.